0: Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet, um, welcoming on and saying hello to Chip Patterson, Cover 3 podcast, CBS Sports, joining us here on the show. And uh, before we start, a little heads up. So Chip tells me as we're getting set to have our conversation that his uh, kid is sick, eight-month-old Cam. said, okay, uh, Let's do it. So, Cam, Chip Patterson's eight month old Cam, you may hear as part of this conversation, but you know what? If you're a parent, you understand how it goes sometimes. You're flying solo, kid gets sick. It happens. That's life. It is what it is. But Chip Patterson's a great guest, and we want to still have him on the show. So, Chip, thanks for being here, my man. So appreciate it. And let's just start off with this Big 12, great year. How do you think this league and this season for this league stacks up compared to the SEC and the Big Ten and the other Power Five conferences?
1: Well, as always, it's difficult when you are comparing a 10-team conference up against the likes of a 14-team conference because you're going to say, like, all right, well, uh, you know, these uh, other teams have a bottom that doesn't exist necessarily in the Big 12. And if you just talk about, you know, what is the average team – uh, top to bottom, then it is uh, it's not even a debate because you, you had no easy outs in the Big 12 this year. I mean, even the team that finished at the bottom of the conference like was still playing everybody to one score game. Mm-hmm. They were still turning every single game into an absolute dogfight. And so, because you didn't have you know the the Rutgers on the schedule, because you didn't have the uh, you know the the Virginia the Virginia Tech on the schedule, because you didn't have Uh, you know the the Vanderbilt on the schedule I think that you know Big 12 life in the Big 12 is more difficult than it is in any other conference in college football Um, so it's I I would say that the Big 12 to me was probably right up there with the SEC I I honestly Pete would need to do like a a little bit more number crunching Mm -hmm. I haven't had to write those conference power ranking posts in a couple years right now (laughs) but uh the thing that stands out to me about the big 12 is just the fact that there was just no easy out and that every single i mean west virginia got up and got baylor iowa state was playing everybody to once more games and of course everyone in the middle like you know those are all teams that were capable of winning on pretty much any given saturday Um, i'm very very impressed with the uh, the quality the only thing honestly that would have kept the big 12 from being able to claim true supremacy, is if Texas had lived up to its reputation and if Oklahoma had been a little bit better, then we would start to be talking about uh, the Big 12 sort of far and away challenging uh, the likes of the Big 10 or the SEC for that crown.
0: Yeah. What do you make then, Chip, when you look at K-State and uh, TCU? How important was that for the Big 12 Ah. to have neither OU or Texas in the conference title game. And by the way, doing a very good viewership number as well.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that that game has now become where we expect to find our thrills on a conference championship Saturday, you know, follow up to uh, the epic that was Baylor and Oklahoma State. It's a great thing for the conference because I think that's really what um, Brett Yormark and the the Big 12 of the future is going to be selling. It's that in terms of uh, the competition that you're going to get, and in terms of the entertainment value that you're going to get, there is no place where you have that more so than the Big 12, and TCU and Kansas State absolutely delivering on that. Now, to have TCU, uh, the season that it has had is is so important, given, as you mentioned, Texas and Oklahoma you know, not being there in the championship race. And the thing that stood out to me, and this is something that I was talking about on CBS Sports HQ after the game, is that what Kansas State has really accomplished here in these first years of the Chris Kleiman era is that as we look to the future of the conference, Kansas State is legitimately going to be one of those teams to beat that we have to take seriously year in and year out because the player development, the program development, it is not going to matter how many players are off to the NFL draft. We are going to have a certain set of expectations for the way that this Wildcats team is going to compete And I think that that's going to make them a top two, top three program that every single year you've got to consider as a big 12 title contender.
0: What do you make, Chip, of what we've heard from uh, Brett Yormark? And that is he had some interesting comments that the media picked up on uh, last, or I guess this would have been Wednesday night. And, you know, he was talking about the fact that this league still wants to go west. I know there's been reports of Gonzaga. I don't think that makes any sense at all. But what do, you, what do you think of the vision of, of Commissioner Brett Yormark and what he's brought to not just the Big 12, but college athletics in general?
1: So there's one part of me that, you know, can accept and appreciate uh, the way that new ideas have really uh, floated into the, uh, the college sports atmosphere. But I, and I don't mean this as a criticism because this is a matter of taste. Right. This is something mm-hmm. that is entirely uh, objective. But words like growth mindset and you know those sorts of approaches is a very like CEOification of college sports. And as a matter of personal taste, I am probably more of a mom and pop shop than I am a, a CEO. I probably still have photos on the wall of people eating in my restaurant, you know, 30 years ago, and, and I appreciate some of the traditions that come with knowing that these matchups are going to be pretty much the same year in and year out. Now, there are mom and pop shops that close down when economic times get tough. And I think the pandemic, when economic times did get tough for a lot of these universities, is what's brought out a support of more the CEO growth mindset, shareholder value kind of approach. And that growth mindset would include getting in another time zone and trying to enhance your value that way. So Brett, your mark is kind of an example of something I'm seeing all across athletics, which is treating these as though they are uh, large corporations with shareholders and trying to increase shareholder value and, you know, growth. But at the same time, you know, with all of this aggressive behavior, I do think that we're losing, there's a trade-off, and we're losing a little bit of tradition.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, And and here's what I would say, though, and I completely, completely understand that take. Uh, Chip Patterson joining us, CBS Cover 3 podcast, completely get that take. Uh, But I would say this, you know, the Big 12 didn't start this right. The Big 12 has nearly been eliminated twice in the last 10 years. (laughs) Is the Big Twelve just responding to what's really happened to them the last decade? Is that a fair assessment?
1: I, I would imagine so. I mean, certainly, I would describe a lot of the you know rhetoric to be aggressive, and you're going to feel very aggressive based on the way that things have gone. And I do think the additions that are coming this coming off season are very good. Like, I think that you're know, bringing in. Uh, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU were smart additions, and those programs, all in very healthy places right now, are going to you know add uh, to that reputation of the Big 12 being a, a conference where there's absolutely no easy out. And so I I get it as a response, and I don't blame the Big 12 or ha- or like single out the Big 12 with that take. It's probably just more of like, especially just with the way that um, George Klyovkov is talking there too in in Las yes. Vegas at that same event, it just just kind of feels like we're 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 really focused on the bottom line and losing sight of some of the reasons why I love college yeah, football. Yeah,
0: I, ah, I, I completely, completely fair. Uh, Chip Patterson is our guest here on K, on KCMO. So when you look at this, Chip, from the standpoint of where things go from here, TCU's getting no respect, hanging into the college football playoff. Uh, fair warranted, or do you think people are overlooking the horn frogs? What's your What's your take on that?
1: Um, you're overlooking the horn frogs if you think that it's going to be easy for Michigan because there's absolutely no chance that TCU, with all this time to prepare, uh, some time to get everybody you know fully healthy uh, after that team, I think took a lot of nicks and knocks along the way. If you think that that TCU team is going to show up and just submit. Uh, to the the physicality and the brutality of Wolverines football, then you entirely ignored the fact that this TCU team found so many different ways to win. Uh, They found different ways to score points. They found different ways to compete. When their defense needed to step up, Joe Gillespie's group did a great job frequently of being able to go out there and get stops, whether it was be aggressive or whether it was trying to limit the explosiveness you know somebody like a b john robinson. so i I think that the you know, different ways, the versatility of victories I, I would say that TCU showed us this year uh, really indicates to me that there's there's no way that they are outmatched against Michigan heading into the college football playoffs. And isn't that kind of I haven't checked the most updated lines, but you know that thing opens around nine, nine and a half. and uh, i think we saw the early early action very much representative of the respecting TCU as uh as it got bumped down to about seven and a half
0: yeah yeah you're absolutely right uh chip patterson cover three podcast does a great job and we so appreciate him being here and being part of the show and uh you know uh, chip like many of us um i'm a parent with two young kids and he's got a sick baby and the sick baby was kind enough to be here and join us for the show, as I know many of you are going to be wondering. Chip, thank you. Get that baby well. We so appreciate you fitting us in. Thank you, man.
1: Yeah, any parents listening know that you can never quite time the nap wake up. So I appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, I appreciate you letting Cam. Of letting Cam come and hang out for just a little bit as he's trying to get over this, uh, this little bug
0: he's got. Cam's ready to be a college football ah. fan. That's what I think. Cam's ready. Yeah, yeah 100%.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Pete.
0: I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Chip. Thank you, man. Hey, you've been there. I've been there. I got a four-year-old and an 18-month-old. So we've all been in Chip's spot. And when he told me, hey, I got a sick eight-month-old, I said, well, you know what? We're scheduled to have you on the show. Let's do it. And let's make Cam part of the show. So... I think Cam's going to be a good college football fan one day, based on what I heard. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Hey, uh, subscribe to the podcast, hit that five-star rating and review. I'll get you a free koozie if you leave me a uh, rating and review. And send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at com. Good stuff all around. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, being a part of it. So a couple of uh, items around the Big 12 I just want to note here. Think about how far Kansas football has come. Just real quick. They flipped a three-star offensive lineman, Calvin Clements, who was scheduled to go to Baylor. Local kid, free state high in Lawrence. Um, and I'll tell you what. I mean, you look at it and you say to yourself, okay, this three-star guy was committed to Baylor over the summer. Right there in the backyard of KU. And here he is a couple of weeks before early signing period, and he is now going to the Kansas Jayhawks. He becomes the highest uh recruit the highest ranked recruit according to 247 sports that KU has coming in in terms of its 2023 class a 6'7 295 pound lineman he's staying home this is the kind of stuff that's you know this is game changer type stuff for Kansas football that's what this is this is a guy who over the summer yeah I mean KU was recruiting him but they won two games and you know what are you really gonna get? It's same old Kansas football. I can't go there. I can't develop there. I don't have a chance at the league there. Now, six wins later, bowl game later, Kansas football has juice. Kansas football can land the six, seven, three hundred pound high three star linemen who are in their backyard instead of losing them to the Baylor Bears or anybody else for that matter. I like this is the kind of stuff that Lance Leipold is doing, and should be doing more of, and it's a big deal. It's a really big deal, and it's one of those things that, uh, you know, Kansas fans got to be pinching themselves right now. They have got to be pinching themselves when they see this kind of news. Also, Sonny Dykes, TCU head coach named the Walter Camp Coach of the Year. big congrats to Sonny Dykes. Well-deserved, well-earned. It's just amazing how the season progressed. I mean, you know, if you told me in late, September, first half of October, who's the Big 12 coach of the year? Who's the national coach of the year? I'm not saying it's not Sonny Dykes, but you know, when they're undefeated, you're like, okay, it's a nice story, but they'll probably go nine and three, and then they don't. And then Kansas ends up losing five of six to close the season. And you know, if you're a Kansas fan, I get it. You don't want to lose five of six, but you are going to a bowl game when the over-unders on win totals was uh, two and a half. So I'm just saying. I'm just going to point that out for you here real quick. Okay, so that's a big deal. Um, and I'll tell you what, I, I looked at that and I said to myself, well-deserved, no-brainer. Nobody saw TCU going 12-0, nobody. Don't t- I don't care if you're the most diehard TCU football fan in America. Don't try to convince me. Do not try to convince me that you had TCU go to a college football playoff in 12-0. Don't do it. <laughs> Do not, do not try to pull one over on me, please. So well-deserved by Sonny Dykes and a good deal for him. And obviously, you know, what a magical ride it has been for the TCU Horn Frogs all around. Um, elsewhere, I have got to note this as well before I uh, let you go. Austin Stogner is transferring to Oklahoma. Now, if you're not no U fan, you say, okay, who cares? Austin Stogner was a tight end at Oklahoma from 2019 to 2021. He transferred to South Carolina last year to be with, you know, Spencer Rattler and play at South Carolina. And now he's going back to OU, baby. Oh, my goodness. The transfer portal is just absolutely bonkers. It is just, you can't make this stuff up. The dude leaves OU, goes to South Carolina, plays with Spencer Rattler, who of course was his quarterback at OU, and now he decides, eh, and that was fun for a year with the Gamecocks. I'm going to go back to OU. I'm from Texas. I'm going to be closer to home, and away we go. When I look at all that, I just say to myself, uh, if you predicted this when it came to the transfer portal and the craziness of the transfer portal, you know, a uh, couple of years back, I don't know. I'm not sure I would have saw this coming. But, of course, he knew Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer was on the staff under Lincoln Riley. Beamer gets the job at South Carolina. Spencer Rattler goes to South Carolina. Seemed like a fit. But, uh, clearly, Stogner decides he wants to be back with the Sooners. He's going back to OU, and away we go. It's just bizarre. It's just bizarre. I don't like it. Like, I'm not against player mobility, but this is crazy. I'll be at OU. I'll go to South Carolina for a year. I'll come back to OU. I mean, this is just – it's not sustainable. I can be a fan of player movement, but also admit that this, what's happening right now, is in no way sustainable. It's not. It's just crazy. You can't maintain scholarship numbers. You, you know, have a tough time planning for these things. It is very, very hard to do. Really hard to do. So, I, I, you know they've got to get this thing figured out they do there's no doubt about it and uh it's just it's got to get better from here on out it's things have to change there's no doubt about it things have to change Pete Mundo on heartlandcollegesports.com great to be here with you thank you thank you thank you as always for joining us for being a part of the show and we will be back with you very soon We've got shows coming your way later this week. Check us out on YouTube if you're not on the YouTube page and leave that five-star rating and review. Can, can that be my Christmas gift from you, the listener? Could you take 30 seconds, leave me a rating and review, send me a screenshot if you want a free koozie to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Share the show with your friends, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.